Hello, and welcome to episode number nine of the Fit Farming Food Mom. I am your host, Connie. And if you could change something in your life that would lower your risk of chronic disease, help you lose weight, and make you feel happier and more energized, would you do it? What we're about to talk about today is your digestion. Today, I am inviting on the show Carrie Danielson. She is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a restorative wellness solutions GI practitioner with a passion for helping people restore their gut health. She talks about how our digestion is a north to south process and how it all starts with stress and our eating habits. I am so excited to have Carrie on the show today, and I can't wait to share with you how your digestion can either trigger or prevent inflammation. We also discuss the topic of leaky gut and ways to mitigate it and start your healing journey. I'm so excited to have her talking with me, so let's get to the show. All right, so I am so excited today to introduce Carrie Danielson, and she is here to talk about my favorite subject, which is gut health. I have been learning so much about it over the last few years, and I'm really excited to have her on the show so she can give us her input and share some of her knowledge about the gut and how we digest. So it's so awesome to have you here. Thanks. It's great to be here. Awesome. So I was hoping that you could get us started with how our digestive process works. Well, digestion is a north to south process. So it actually starts in your head and um, the brain, and you need to be in a, a stress-free state. So it's called parasympathetic. Um, just Otherwise, your body's in fight or flight, and it's designed to either run or stay in fight. And so it's going to basically shut down any unnecessary processes at the moment and digestion is one of those so we all need to talk breathe chew our food that's that's step number one so in one of my previous podcasts actually this is a great thing to touch on I actually talk about setting the table at night and putting your phone away Mm -hmm. putting everything that you're doing turning off the tv and sitting down and having a conversation absolutely and taking the time to actually eat your food rather than just wolfing it down and to get to the next activity exactly. yes that's that's a great thing to do so um when we are interrupting this process and we are rushing around eating in our car which i know we're all guilty of <laughs> what is actually happening well the main thing is um you can't produce hydrochloric acid and hydrochloric acid is what emulsifies the food in the stomach and so it can be passed down to the small intestine and then that's where the nutrients are absorbed So um, when you don't have enough stomach acid or hydrochloric acid, it's not acidic enough, is the the proteins stay in your stomach and they putrefy, the fats get rancid, and the carbs will um, ferment. So as it's sitting there waiting to get to that magic zone of 1.5 to 3.0 acidic level, it's going to ferment and it's going to grow and it's going to grow and then pretty soon you've got heartburn and um, GERD. Um, So super important and then um, the next step of that is eventually another meal is getting ready to come in so the body has to pass that undigested food on into the small intestine and it doesn't trigger some communications and um, different enzymes won't get released but 
basically what that damage does is those undigested food molecules are large molecules and they will damage the microvilli of the small intestine and then the tight junctions of the small intestine open up a little bit and you get what's heard um, called um, leaky gut and then that's what um, stimulates an immune response all right so immune response can be anything from just minor inflammation to larger problems right right over time so these undigested food particles are now in the body in the circulation in the blood and um, the immune system goes wait a minute foreign invader that's not supposed to be there so it does its thing so a couple things that's going to do it's going to overtax your immune system um, and secondly um, you know your response to is, is inflammation is part of your immune system so it could be eczema um, these chemicals that are released as part of that immune um, process it can cross the blood-brain barrier and you get migraines um, it could be brain fog. Um, it could attack your thyroid, and now you've got autoimmune Hashimoto's. Mm -hmm. It could cause lupus. It can mm -hmm. cause rheumatoid arthritis. Mm -hmm. It's all from not digesting your food. Yeah, yeah. And so what are some of these, some of the things that you're eating that also can contribute to that? So along with not breaking down your food properly, uh, you could be eating foods that you're reactive to and a lot of times you're reactive to those foods because you have leaky gut mm -hmm. and so and your immune system has a memory attached to it so now that you eat that food again mm -hmm. that's why you have a reaction to it it's not like a peanut allergy where you get immediately sick just because you have a genetic thing that you can't eat peanuts this is like somebody who's like well I can't eat eggs anymore I used to be able to eat eggs mm -hmm. well it's because of leaky gut those undigested proteins from the egg have leaked into the body and mm -hmm. the immune response and now it remembers it so now eating eggs is going to call up cause an inflammatory response and now you have a new food sensitivity right and you hear of a lot of people too that they'll go on like a keto diet or a whole 30 or a paleo for who knows how long and then they'll come out of it and they'll be like i don't know what happened but i couldn't do dairy before i started that and then after i got done i could could you explain some reasons that that could be happening potentially or? Um, yeah, so if you take away the offending foods and eating keto, keto kind of helps everything heal and kind of calm down in there, it's possible then you could reintroduce those and be fine. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't suggest doing it every day, mm -hmm. um, but maybe every third or fourth day you could introduce those mm -hmm. foods that were once reactive. Mm -hmm. So when you and I were talking earlier, we were talking about your stomach kind of being like a garden. Mm -hmm. So if you could explain how some of that um, bacteria works in your stomach um, and how it reacts to some of these things that we're eating. Right, so we all are born with our genetic um, gut flora. And your beneficial flora, it can be influenced by how, what you're eating. If you're eating high carbs or more fat or protein, it can influence that. But they're, they're the good guys that when they're doing their thing, they're going to make um, the short chain fatty acids. And um, so butyrate is one of those and that's beneficial in the body. And so we want to feed those guys and keep them really healthy. Mm -hmm. But what happens if we're not breaking down our food and this could be healthy food. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to the junk food and the sugar and highly processed flour, crackers, all that stuff is going to go into the gut and feed what we call 
the weeds or the bad guys. And then you get a dysbiotic, which means the bad guys kind of overpower the good guys mm -hmm. that causes inflammation. Mm -hmm. And I know of multiple people that struggle with like SIBO and stuff, but they're sugar addicts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes that sugar addiction is actually fed by the bacteria in their stomach, the cravings. What do you think of that? Absolutely. So SIBO is the, the bad bacteria backs up into the small intestine mm -hmm. where usually it lives in the large intestine and definitely um, sugar feeds that. They mm -hmm. are sugar bugs for sure. Mm -hmm. So one way to minimize that is to cut down on processed food and sugar in all forms, whether it comes in the form of a cracker or Mm -hmm. Rice, mm -hmm. even then we think that as a as a healthy grain, but it's, alcohol. Right. There's some people that cut like everything out, but they still drink their wine, and it's that's another offender right there. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's great information as far as that goes. Um, but you were going back to the fatty acids. Um, so I preach about this all the time: um, grain-fed versus grass-fed beef. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are not aware that grass-fed beef is actually higher in omega-3s and grain-fed is higher in omega-6s. And be when the gut is disrupted, um, those omega-6s can actually be hard on us, uh, more inflammatory per se. And so there's actually a lot of research out there backing up that omega-3s actually help balance the gut back out and decrease inflammation. So can you explain how that could work? Right, so what happens is in our modern day diet, typically we just eat too much omega-6. And it's your inflammatory fats. Your omega-3s are your anti-inflammatory fats. So you need to have those at a balance. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is harder to get your omega-3s mm -hmm. in a processed world in which we live in. Mm -hmm. So fish oils, um, Salmon, fresh-caught salmon. None of non, this farm yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, they throw corn into the ocean and you know whatever and feed mm -hmm. those fish. And it, you don't need to eat sick animals. No, sick fish. tilapia. No, no, yuck, dirty mm -mm. fish. No, don't it's eat a bottom it. feeder to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. You're looking for nice, you know, fatty fishes. Salmon's a, a great one. Mm -hmm. um, also, cod liver oil is super good, right? Mm -hmm. um, Actually, pasture-raised eggs. Yeah. But you have to watch the box of the eggs. Mm -hmm. They'll say cage-free. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're roaming around on a pasture eating bugs and grass. They're what they're supposed to be eating. They're, they're not still, like my chickens in the backyard. <laughs> the, the, you know, I've heard these cage-free, but they're still eating a grain-based diet. Mm -hmm. and have you ever seen a pasture-raised egg, pasture egg versus a, a caged egg what Absolutely. does yolk looks like mm -hmm. yeah I've actually I've put on social media multiple times I'll crack one of my eggs in and then I'll crack a store-bought egg in, and I'm like what the heck it's like store-bought egg is so light colored and it's just it's flat yeah and the shell is thin mm -hmm. and you know a healthy nutritional egg is going to have a, a firmer shell mm -hmm. when you crack it open and the yolk is kind of a bright orange and it mm -hmm. stands up really tall and it's so delicious oh, and it so doesn't good. break when you crack it in the pan right <laughs> but yeah um no there's nothing better than pasture eggs so and you don't want to overcook them or you'll kill the, the mm -hmm. omega-3s so going back to fats we were kind of talking about this earlier um both of us are bodybuilders mm -hmm. and a lot of times they are pulling the fat out of bodybuilders diets um when they go to cut for a bodybuilding show and can you explain how that could affect you negatively? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, to get stage lean, we both talked about earlier, is not the healthiest thing for you. Nope. But, um, so I tend to keep protein fairly consistent, and then I manipulate carbs and fat. And um, I will manipulate carbs um, before I go too drastic on fat, because mm -hmm. your body needs fat for its cell membranes, for brain health, for your heart, for hormones. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the biggest things I've noticed is uh, people, especially women, if they don't get enough fat, their gallbladders go kaput on them. And they're not getting enough fat to stimulate the release of the bile. Mm -hmm. the, the gallbladder now becomes congested and diseased, and lo and behold, you got to have it removed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I lost my gallbladder. It's gone. <laughs> so, um, and then along with that, you and I talked about it has to be quality fat because right. our cells are made of fat. The building blocks of your body. Yep. Your cells are the building blocks. Mm -hmm. So if you're putting vegetable oils and look at the box of any processed food, it's going to have soy oil, peanut oil, uh, corn oil, you know, the canola There's oil. oilic um, <laughs> or whatever. The canola oil is the... Uh, and there's cottonseed oil, all those safflower, safflower mm -hmm. all those are very toxic. Mm -hmm. So they're processed and they're very sensitive to heat, time, and light. So by the time you buy vegetable oil in the store, it's extremely rancid. And then you come home and cook in it, it's you're just putting poison in your body. Mm -hmm. And then you're wanting to build your your cell instead of out of building it out of a brick, you're building it out of styrofoam. Basically, you're, yeah. you're basically mutating your cells. And actually, we won't segue off into this today, but there's a lot of um, research supporting that that's part of what's causing cancer as well. Is these, Absolutely. These mutated cells from the foods that we are eating. Absolutely. So. You can't build a proper cell with those types of fats. You need saturated fat. You need fats from like avocado, you know, the fats that come with the meat or mm -hmm. that that's in the egg, that your body loves that fat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've personally learned now that the fats are not the enemy. I am thriving on fats and I'm not a huge, I mean, I'm not saying I'm against or for the keto diet. I think it has its place for certain people. I And temporarily. Yeah. And I recently got done doing a straight carnivore stretch, which worked fantastic for me. Um, but I think that you're getting all of the fats that you need, you know, to do well. And you're and still fat is energy. So you want to be putting the right kind of energy into your body. Right. You know. Right. And you want to you want to use your protein for um, all the, the processes that protein is not, not just not for muscle building and repair. It's enzymes. Uh, it's hormones it's it's used in so many processes so you don't want to use protein as fuel you mm -hmm. want your fuel to come from carbs and or fat mm -hmm. and um our current day society we're typically sugar burners mm -hmm. and we don't we don't access our fat very well so i like to use a keto diet for a while so that we can get a person's metabolism adapted to using fat as fuel and then get that person to be a dual fuel burner using carbs and fat and you'll switch between systems very mm -hmm. easily rather than you know the keto flu is from a sugar burner trying to access their fat and it's just not an efficient system mm -hmm. yet but the body will adapt mm -hmm. and then once you become a dual system um, you'll switch between both of them very efficiently mm -hmm. and you can access your fat yeah I I would agree fully with that take carbs away from me any day but now that I've learned how to function more on fat I'm a happy girl and I'm still eating carbs, but you know, 
Right. I do, I do remarkably well on fat, and we're all different, but I, I love it. Right. <laughs> so. And we're all different with our response to carbs, but something to keep in mind, you can't not live without pro- protein, and you can't live without fat. Mm-hmm. You can live without carbs. Mm-hmm. It might not be ideal for, like, a, a runner or something, but... Um, mm-hmm. Well, and actually, that was where I was going with the keto thing, but I kind of got off track there is they're actually using it in a lot for a lot of cancer patients now they're suggesting that they go straight keto um, because then they are not feeding the cancer in the cell these mutated cells yeah you want to starve it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's pretty exciting information you can you know that's a whole nother topic yeah Yeah. but But anyway back to digestion um, what are some things that we can do to mitigate the damage that is happening to our guts in day-to-day life? Well, basically, what, like we started out earlier, is just stress. Stress. Don't mm-hmm. eat on the run. Don't multitask trying to shove food in while you're on the computer working. Set time aside to eat um, in a re- relaxed state. Um, and then if you don't have enough um, stomach acid, which most of us don't, ninety percent mm-hmm. of us don't. Um, a super cheap supplement, hydrochloric acid. Mm-hmm. You can take it. You'll digest your food. You'll get rid of your heartburn. You'll quit feeding. You'll, you'll take care of your your stomach lining. You won't be feeding the dysbiotic bacteria. I can't wait to try it actually, because yeah. uh, my um, provider put me on apple cider vinegar. So I've been doing that because that was a suggestion since I have very low stomach acid. It Um, helps at the moment, but hydrochloric acid helps stimulate your body to produce hydrochloric acid, as well as the raw materials. You need zinc. Mm -hmm. You need to be hydrated. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of the B vitamins, I think it's like B5 and stuff, but you you need to have the raw materials to make um, hydrochloric acid. But it's super cheap supplement there is a way to use it you want to start out slow with a low dose about 150 milligrams and then um per you take one of those per meal for three days Mm -hmm. and then if there's no heat sensation or or warming then after three days you would go to two at 150 milligrams Mm -hmm. and then you would keep titrating that like that every three days until you suddenly get some some warming and then you go oh so then you back down a dose Hmm. So say you feel the warming at, at five of those, mm-hmm. then you, you, your dose would be four hmm. of the 150 milligrams, so whatever that is. Sign me up, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, so for me, because uh, I, I do tend to be a fast eater and not chew as well, and especially eating a, a dominant protein meal, I, I take the big boys. I take 700 milligrams, and I take oh, two of those per meal. So I take 1,400 milligrams per meal. So and I was at three. So my body's getting more efficient. So that's pretty awesome. So then, how do you feel about like um, taking digestive enzymes, um, like supplements? There, I think they got the papaya in them and stuff like that. I'm all for those. Whatever you can take, hydrochloric acid, digestive enzymes, and some people need biliary support, especially mm-hmm. somebody like you that doesn't have a gallbladder. Mm-hmm. You need to take bile salts every day for the rest of your life. That's awesome i'm so excited to try it well, because if you don't have bile know. to emulsify the fats you can't uptake your fats mm-hmm. and there if you're not uptaking your fat you're not getting your fat soluble vitamins vitamin a d e and k you're just kind of passing them through this is so great to know because it's funny because when i um actually switched over to straight carnivore nose to tail 
Um, that was kind of my last ditch effort at recovering my body, which it worked fantastic. I'm not strictly carnivore now, but I was wondering like, how am I processing these fats? I don't have a gallbladder. I don't have bile. Like you have bile. I've had this it's just question kind of brewing. I think it probably absorbs a little bit just because the liver's dripping now the bile directly into your small intestine rather instead instead of sending it to the gallbladder to be stored than to be released when fat comes through. Um, so there's some bile, but actually that bile that's just slowly dripping from the liver is going to cause inflammation in your intestine. So um, I would also have you, like every other day, do some type of gut healing protocol. Mm-hmm. For the rest of your life, because mm-hmm. it's always going to be irritated from that bile dripping in there. That's insane. and I bet nobody's ever told you that before. No, they tell you when you go and you have your gallbladder. You don't need you a don't gallbladder. Need that thing anyway, right? No, you don't <laughs> need your vitamin A. Yeah, no. You don't need any D. Nope. Let's just take it out. And I remember strictly asking, like, well, what kind of ramifications are going to happen when you guys take this out? And they're like, ah, you don't even need that thing. And I was like. Oh, you don't need to uptake your fats into your body. Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take it out. Sure, why not? <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Isn't that conventional uh, medicine? Yeah. It's Crazy. cut it out or here's a drug. Yeah. Yep. So, well, yeah, that's a whole nother thing in itself right there. <laughs> a whole nother podcast. You know, I mean, you just have acid reflux, right? Like, right, you, so take a pill. Yeah, here you go. Let's suppress your stomach acid for you. <laughs> so now you can't digest your food and now you have leaky gut and now you've got a plethora of other problems right. yes it exactly. all it's obviously it's um what you're putting in your body what you're eating you mm-hmm. know you want to have nutrient dense foods but mm-hmm. you also have to be digesting it mm-hmm. you have to chew it and you have to have the proper stomach acid to fully digest your food That's otherwise the downstream effect is a whole cascade of issues so segueing off of that now how do you feel as far as digestion goes about like probiotics and me, I'm a huge advocate of fermented foods. Mm-hmm. Um, fermented foods are like can have trillions more bacteria in them than even a probiotic. So I'm a big believer in that. Actually, the best one to eat, which is kimchi, mm-hmm. um, out of most of the fermented foods. However, you have to watch it if you buy it in the store. Because sometimes it's not actually real kimchi if you buy it in the store. You'll I believe see, that. I believe that. <laughs> you'll, I read the ingredients and I'm like, uh, what? Red 40? Right. <laughs> like, so you have to be real careful about that. But um, how do you feel about fermented foods? They're great. You should include them in your diet one, at least one serving a day. Um, but a side note on fermented foods and most probiotics, they're called transient probiotics. That means... Mm-hmm. Most of them will be killed by the stomach acid, mm-hmm. and so only a few are getting to the gut. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you, sh- you should still have those, but uh, you want to look for a probiotic that's in a spore form. Mm-hmm. It's your more ancestral stuff. It's like that's why it's healthy to be out in the dirt because mm-hmm. you're actually getting spore form probiotics. Um, but so, but if you're going to buy a supplement for a probiotic, look for spore based. Um, those are called native, and these actually go to the, the gut and the lower intestine, and it's like there's there's receptors that unlocks it because they kind of have this protective shell that doesn't um, kill them in the stomach, and then they um, populate and uh, the beneficial flora in your gut. Which I've actually heard something similar to that before about you not actually being, 
you know, people, a lot of these people are taking these probiotic supplements that actually aren't even. And they're not getting the benefit. Yeah. They're wasting their money. Yeah. And it's, they're dying, it's dying in their stomach acid. Yeah. Even if it's not optimal um, pH, mm -hmm. um, it, it's still not going to survive the acidic. So they need to look for a spore form or mm -hmm. what else was the other name of it? I uh, think you said. Oh, it's, it's called a native. Native. That right. was what it was. But okay. a spore form, um. I'm not getting any benefit or from, but one I found um, that I really like is called Thrive, mm -hmm. and it's a spore form. I just get it off Amazon. Oh, okay. I just want a day. Super good to know. Yep. Yeah, hey, I'm not. I'm not against sharing the information we've no, all like, learned. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm certainly uh, no advocate for Instapot, but I should be. I mean, look, you're sitting here at my kitchen table right now, and I have like three of them going. <laughs> so you she know. really does. <laughs> Well, I'm multitasking. That's great. <laughs> so anyhow, um, so that's wonderful um, to know as well. And then how do you feel about artificial sweeteners? Um, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm not a fan of any chemical it's, mm -hmm. if it's not natural to your body. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of discussion, especially if you go keto of certain sweeteners. You know, they're supposed to be non-sugar so it shouldn't kick you out, but someone will kick you out of ketosis. They might not um, spike your blood sugar, but they might spike insulin a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what the caution is that is if blood sugar doesn't go up and it's stable, but insulin goes up and it drives blood sugar down, mm -hmm. it could drive you to a hypoglycemic situation. Interesting. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally makes sense. Because it's still sweet. It's still going to trigger a little bit of insulin from the brain. Mm-hmm. Not so much for the pancreas, but the brain will go, oh, something sweet's coming down. I'm going to release some insulin. So um, do you have a lot of knowledge in sugar alcohols? Mm, I really don't. Oh, okay. I was just curious to get your take on it because there's a lot of research saying that they kill your gut microflora, like, terribly. Um, mm. And then they also open up that gut-brain axis. Mm -hmm. So I was recently listening to a podcast about how they're actually giving people sugar alcohols by IV before they do stem cell transplants so that you can uptake stuff more readily. So I was curious if you knew any no, that's, science I behind really that kind of fun stuff. One. So, um, yeah. So anyways, I was just curious cause I'm, I'm, I'm like a, I'm definitely on the train of no artificial sweeteners. I feel like they're really horrible for your gut, but, um, some people seem to think they're okay. So, um, Yeah. Anyway, so, so are there some kind of foods that you would most definitely recommend avoiding? Obviously, highly processed food. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I recently found out from a food sensitivity test that I took that I'm highly reactive to gluten. Um, not everybody is reactive to gluten, but you still are going to suffer the same damage as, as, as I do with my high reactivity. Mm -hmm. um, it's a protein, and it uh, kind of, like, pulls pokes holes in your gut lining so it'll give you leaky gut whether you're reactive to gluten or not it's mm -hmm. still going to give you leaky gut which is what we're all trying to avoid by not having stress right and it's a huge assault for your immune system and if it's overtaxed how can it fight other things going on in your body exactly because it's trying to manage all this food particles floating around in your body mm -hmm. um that was the other thing i was trying to think um about kombuchas and things like that are um, high in vitamin K12, mm -hmm. I think, which is actually really good at removing toxins and stuff from your body. So it, it's actually helpful in that sense as well with 
the fermented food is mm-hmm. is it's actually removing some of this stuff that we're picking up daily toxic stuff you know who knows what it is i mean we absorb a lot of crap through our skin even so right and that's um, you know the first line of defense for that is um your liver mm-hmm. your liver is your filter for your body mm-hmm. it does a lot of things hormones mm-hmm. sugar metabolism um but it's the big filter and if it's overburdened so a lot of times allergies not only from leaky gut but you know like uh sensitivity like I do horrible spray tans I don't know why I, mm-hmm. as a competitor it's like I get sprayed in the morning and then as soon as I'm done I got to go wash it off I can't be in it overnight mm-hmm. but as soon as I uh, did some taking care of my liver and supporting it it I've gotten a lot better hmm. interesting um okay well so you were talking about some of the testing that people can have done in order to to discover what is actually things that can cause their body to be inflamed. Can you go through that process right. a little so bit? Right. So as a restorative wellness practitioner um, with, about GI health, there's two tests that I order out. One's called the GI map, and um, it's a stool test, it's, you know, about your poop, with, like discovering your poop, but it uses DNA technology. And it's not just stool analysis, what you find in a, a typical lab where the, a, a lab guy is looking under under a microscope that misses 50% of what's going on in your gut. Mm-hmm. This actually uses DNA technology. It tells me from the most smallest amount of identi- or identifying what's in there, but it also quantifies it. So it's going to tell me my beneficial flora. It's going to give me um, pathogens, parasites, yeast, and the dysbiotic bacteria. And mm-hmm. it'll give me the mounts, whether it's in the healthy range. Um, and it also tells me if I'm if you're digesting your protein, how well you're digesting fat, and then your inflammation markers, and then your gluten sensitivity. Um, And then the other one I can order out is it's called an MRT, food sensitivity test. And um, it's a blood test, you send it in, and they um, have these different vials of 170 different foods, and then they got 15 control vials, and then you know, I don't want to go into the upboard, <laughs> your <laughs> listeners to tears, but basically in those vials, it'll show if that food is reactive. And so together, those two tests can tell me where the dysfunction is, but then I don't want to keep eating or have you keep eating offending foods, right? It mm-hmm. they can't, the body can't heal itself. It's still, if it's still getting jabbed by right. the uh, right. offending foods. So we see what's going on. We support digestive function, mainly with hydrochloric acid, enzymes, probiotics, um, biliary support if needed. Mm-hmm. And that just supports the body to do what it's designed to do, which is heal itself. And then we want to take away, at least temporarily, uh, offending foods. Mm-hmm. And then over three months, if, ever, if you're spot on with your protocol, then you should be feeling a lot better anyway. But then we retest not the MRT test, but the GI map, and then you'll just, it's amazing, like, all the flora is how it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. if there's any um, dysbiosis, that's back in check, it's amazing what happens when you quit assaulting your body. Uh-huh, well, and I tell a lot of people that, like, um, like, for example, um, I talk about one of my previous podcasts, our journey with the GAPS diet. Mm-hmm. And how I kind of went all in. I think I told you about this a little bit. I'm kind of a go big or go home person, but which can be detrimental sometimes. But uh, anyhow, 
we removed everything because, like I explained it to people, I feel like if you're just removing some of the offenders like you're talking about, it's like a scab and you're picking it every time you're reintroducing that offender. Absolutely. And then you're just ending up with this giant scar. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's picked at a scab, I know I've had a couple road rashes here and there. They're those ones that you just can't leave alone. It gets pretty nasty after a while. Right. It doesn't don't heal like it it's supposed to, right? No, and then you're left with a, a nasty scar on top of it all. Yeah, I, I kind of think of it as like if you're jabbing yourself with a pin. You know, maybe, maybe not really hard. At first, it's like, ow, that kind of hurts. It's sore. And pretty soon, it gets really inflamed. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon, the skin is breaking down. And now now it's bleeding, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, now I've hurt. So you put a Band-Aid over it to heal. But if I'm still poking through the Band-Aid, it's still not going to heal. Mm-hmm. Hey, actually, that kind of happened to me today. I got a blister <laughs> on my finger from chopping vegetables. <laughs> Uh, I got a little crazy chopping vegetables, obviously, but <laughs> anyhow. Well, at least you're chopping vegetables and not <laughs> pouring it in from a can or a box, right? No, no, but let me tell you, you do a couple, I, I'm i a mega meal prepper, and I uh, think I probably chopped up like 10 pounds worth of sweet potatoes today nice. because it works really well for me to chop up all of it and roast it all at one time and then freeze half of it for a different week. And so I always have like two weeks worth of surplus already. But what a great strategy to set yourself up for success, right? Yeah. You're not hungry and you're like, oh, I don't have anything prepared. And then you grab for, Mm -hmm. I don't know, you whip through the fast food store or you just grab something that's not good for you. Yep. No, I always have a plethora of stuff in my fridge. Proteins. I mean, there are weeks where I don't have a chance to actually weigh it out, but I'll have a giant tub full of cubed up chicken breast or cubed up steak or you never know what it is so but it's always available I mean if you have steak it's easy to throw that into a pan with some spinach because it's already cooked and crack a couple eggs on top of it and it's delicious so and your body loves you for it yeah yeah exactly so if there was anything that you wanted to get out there to um Help people make that first step to getting their gut healthy and getting themselves all over healthy. Uh, what would it be? The first thing to start with your digestion. Mm-hmm. You know, watch the state you're in when you're eating. No stress, and then, you know, do what you need to do to get your hydrochloric acid in check. Um, and they can contact you, or I don't know if they if you're. I'll put your information in the show notes. And And then I can tell them how to do that. And then, so functional digestion, which is your hydrochloric acid, digestive enzymes, if needed, help um, biliary support, and um, probiotics. Those are key to get everything working. That's awesome. Yeah, so I will put all of Carrie's information in the show notes. You can message me on social media, Instagram. You can message her. Um, you can message anybody or leave any comments on this podcast and we would point you in the right direction as far as all that stuff goes so perfect is there anything else that we missed today this has been super fun it's my first podcast (laughs) well I'm so happy that you decided to come and join me at my kitchen table and take care of it so I am I'm happy that you came and hopefully we can get you back with more information I'd love to all right thank you so much
Well, that about wraps up that episode. I am so thankful that Carrie took time out of her schedule to come and talk to me about our digestion. I actually learned a lot of things period, basically, and definitely a lot of things that I could be doing to improve my digestion, and so I'm excited to implement those. If you like today's episode, please, please, please share it. Share it on Instagram, share it on Facebook, share it wherever you can. Sharing is caring, and I can't get the word out without a little bit of help from my listeners, so share away, and it would be so appreciated if you would leave a review on um, Apple Podcasts. And yeah, so if you have any questions about today's episode, please feel free to send me a message on Instagram at Connie Begani. That's C-O-N-N-I-E-B-E-G-O-N-N-I-E. Um, or you can get a hold of Carrie. Her email is Carrie, K-A-R-R-I-E, Danielson at gmail.com. And her Instagram handle is love, L-U-V, the number two, lift, and the number seven. And if you have any questions about that, that will be put right in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time.